Okay, hey guys, welcome back to Mastering You, the Lifestyle Performance Podcast. And this is another solo cast from myself this week. I uh, hope you've had a great week, by the way. I've been away with family this week, and it's just been really cool just to have some chill time, uh, spending quality time with the kids, getting away from all the hustle, bustle, and chaos of the world. And, um, you know, whilst all of our members have, have carried on getting amazing results, we've seen some really awesome results. Lots of people just finishing, completing our six week transformation program at the moment, which has been fantastic. Uh, it's been great to be honest, to be able to impact people's lives in a positive way at a time when, you know, there's so much negativity around right now and, you know, so much stress and so many people that we're talking to are struggling with anxiety and they just need some support. And obviously working on your mindset, working on your nutrition, your exercise, such a positive thing to do. And I think it's the one thing we can really control still, you know, um, well, at least whilst our gyms are still open anyway, uh, which at the moment we're still open, which is great. So, uh, like I said, today's a solo cast. I just wanted to do something that I wanted to do for a while, which is share some of the most impactful personal development books um, or most influential personal developments on my life. Because, you know, quite honestly, I mean, the funny thing about books is that I think I only read a handful of books in my whole time at school, <laughs> in the sort of 10, 12 years at school. However, I I did, I'm thinking actually, I did read a psychology book very early on. Um, and I think that probably planted the seed of non-fiction personal development books when I was quite young. And that was more to do with um, improving my mental capacity for my sport but um but then I didn't really pick up any any books for some years and it was really in my mid-20s when somehow um this book this first book I'm going to share came came to me somehow and it really I've never stopped reading since uh, I probably get through an average of you know two to three books a month which sometimes more. I, I listen to a combination now of, of audio books um, and, and read. I, I do a lot more audio than I used to because I find that I can batch my my consumption. And I think when you're going down the non-fiction personal development book route, I think you need to have a strategy. I think it's probably one of the biggest mistakes people make. It's one of the biggest mistakes I made is treating non-fiction personal development books like fiction books you know so you, you you need we need to come back to what is the purpose of the book well if it's non-fiction it's to learn something what's the best way of learning something well generally it's by making notes of it and and also teaching which is one of the reasons why i decided to do the podcast as well is because i've always found that teaching is the best learning Teaching forces me to learn stuff, but then talking about it reinforces it. The same goes with non-fiction books. You know, um, fiction books are great. They're, they're kind of, you need to treat them like films. They're, they're designed to surprise you, shock you, get you on the edge of the seat. You know, there's usually like a twist at the end. And that's great. They're, they're entertaining. But with non-fiction books, 
we need to be treating them slightly differently. You know, you don't even have to go from cover to cover quite often with many nonfiction books. You can find the bits that you need. Now, how do you choose the right nonfiction books for you? Well, my advice is ask yourself, what do I need? You know, what, what, where do I need some self-growth, personal development in my life right now? Maybe you need help with your nutrition. Maybe that's a good place to start. So you could start researching nutrition books. Feel free to reach out to me, um, which I actually don't include many, or I don't think I've got many in this list, believe it or not. However, I've read uh, countless books on nutrition um, and fitness. So you know, whether it's career, mindset, you need to get clear on what it is first. What's the outcome that you want from a personal development book? And then you can choose. And what you'll find, let, let's say that you're struggling, like a lot of people right now, with maybe stress or anxiety. So the books that you search for may be revolved around that. You know, maybe you buy something like the the subtle art, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. That's that's a great one for learning the power of of not worrying so much. You know, um, and then you'll buy another book. What you'll often find. Is there'll be like a through line. There'll, there'll be there'll be there'll be patterns of strategies that you'll start to see, and you, you may have even seen that just from listening to this uh, this podcast. You know, lots of the people we've interviewed have shared very similar strategies in overcoming, or, or you know, not even overcoming, but um, challenges, but just achieving success. So whether it's breathing practices whether it is, you know, um, meditation, whether it's certain um, fitness practices, whether it's journaling. So um, that, that's one of my top tips. Before you go into the, the, the realms of, of reading tons of personal development books, you want to be making notes. Typically, what I will do now is I will actually make notes on the book itself. If it's a, a hardback, I'll underline things. And then I'll put page numbers at the back. And I have a notes uh, folder on my iPhone. And I'll make um, some, some proper notes in there as well. Okay. And then that way I can always come back to it. And, you know, ultimately you do not want to be treating a personal development book like a fiction book. So I'm just going to fly through these 12 um, well, I say fly. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll talk about each one and how it impacted me. But firstly, that let's start with the one that sort of started my own personal development journey. So, think and grow rich. This is one of the most influential books of all time. I read this when it had sold 15 million copies, and that was some 13 years ago. So it's probably more like 50 million copies now. Um, but Think and Grow Rich is the seminal work by the well-loved and well-renowned Napoleon Hill, a contemporary of Dale Carnegie. Originally published in 1937, Hill's money-making secrets are as powerful today as they were then, and they can change your life forever. After interviewing over 500 of the most affluent men and women of his time, Napoleon Hill uncovered the secret to great wealth based on the notion that if we can learn to live like the rich, we can discover wealth and success. 
He developed a simple but powerful 13-step formula to help you to do that. So identify your goals, master the secret of true and lasting success, obtain whatever you want in life, and join the ranks of the super successful. Now, interestingly, this book has since, uh, there's been many millionaires and billionaires that have come out and said just how much of an impact this had on their life. So people like Bill Gates, Steven Spielberg. So it's very clear that these philosophies shared in this book, you know, they, they hold many, many truths. Um, you know, if I have one regret, it's not taking more of them more seriously at the time. But I think that's one of the issues with, with some personal development books. When you're, when you're learning new possibilities in life, um, in regards to your mindset, sometimes it, it can be hard to believe that that can be true. You read a book title like Think and Grow Rich, and it almost just that title alone sounds too good to be true. And that can be enough to put many people off. They're like, oh, yeah, whatever, you know. Um, and if that is your thinking, by the way, then you want to read a book called Mindset by Carol Dweck. Um, and she explains why some people have a fixed mindset like that. Um, anyway, that's me digressing. So uh, this, I, you know, I'm, I want to share... For each of these book recommendations, or not, it's not even a recommendation, this is just really my own journey, but what I got out of it. So for Think and Grow Rich, the biggest thing I got out of that was the power of masterminding. I think after reading this book, I joined a business mastermind, and that was really the start of LPT's business growth. Um, some 12, 13 years ago, we, we, I, I opened multiple um, boot camp locations off the back of joining the mastermind, made some really cool connections. And it's something that I've always done ever since, to be quite honest. And, and you know, listen, if you're a business owner, you'll know how sometimes lonely it can be. You know, you don't always want to bother your spouse with all of your problems. And you know, if, you, if you're in a mastermind with other business owners who you can share your issues with, your struggles with, you know, that that can be so, so powerful. So that's Think and Grow Rich. It's not my first personal development book. The second one, uh, the second one was Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And this was by the personal development um, mountain of a guru, Stephen Covey. So ultimately, this book provides what I would describe as a blueprint for success. Um, he introduces like a concept of paradigm shift, basically. Um, and the idea, here we go, let me, let me just read a little bit about. So Covey introduces the maturity continuum. So these are the three successive stages of increasing maturity, dependence, independence, and interdependence. At birth, everybody is dependent and characteristics of dependence may linger. This is the first and lowest stage of maturity. So he goes all, he goes all the way into independence and this is where the first three habits are surrounded. So we've got be proactive, we've got begin with the end in mind, we've got the first three things. Then he goes into inter. inter dependence which are the next three habits okay so this is when we're working with others okay so this is think win-win 
uh, is one of the habits. Seek first to understand, then to be understood, and then synergize. And then the last habit is continual improvement, which he calls sharpen the saw. So this is the habit of um, continuous improvement. Um, it's a, it is, it's, it's a beast of a book, but if you, if you want to start somewhere with personal development, it's hard to argue starting with a better book than, um, than the seven habits. It really is. So, um, yeah, so that's number two. Number three is, where, where is it? Um, Seneca, the shortness of life. So this is a real masterpiece. Um, Seneca was a philosopher in ancient Greece or Rome. Um, and he was born in southern Spain over 2,000 years ago, educated in Rome. And um, he, yeah, I mean, he, he has some real masterpieces in terms of his work. But what I liked about the shortness of life is firstly the shortness of the book itself. It's, it's quite a short, easy to read book. Um, and ultimately, he urges us to examine the problems that result in life seeming to pass by too quickly, such as ambition or giving all our time to others and basically engaging in activities that just don't serve us. And I think that right now is, is, uh, is one lesson that many of us could do, um, could do with, you know, is not wasting time and energy um, on worrying about things that we, we can't even control. Um, he argues that we truly live only a short time because our lives were filled with distractions and stress. His argument to regain back time is by studying philosophy, working towards meaningful goals and not putting off enjoyment of in life. I think that's key right now is we've got to continue to work on enjoying ourselves, enjoying our life. Um, I did write down my favorite quote from the book. Where is it? So it is not that we have a short time to live, but that we waste a lot of it. How? <laughs> yeah, that, that's, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that again. It is not that we have a short time to live, but that we waste a lot of it. So there's a good action point for many of us is on a weekly basis to review where we're wasting time. Where can we make time more powerful, more energizing, more meaningful? You know, less time on social media, less time watching the news, you know, less time worrying about stuff that we can't control. Those are good starts. Uh, number four is Man's Search for Meaning. So Man's Search for Meaning is the 1946 uh, book by Viktor Frankl, chronicling his experiences as a prisoner in Nazi concentration camps during the World War II. Um, and in this, books, he, in this book, he describes his psychotherapeutic method, which involved identifying a purpose in life to feel positive about. So this is the thing, this is the reason why I've read this book probably six or seven times now. Um, whenever I'm sort of struggling a little bit mentally, you know, or have my own worries, I just, there's something about this book that helps you put everything back into perspective. And this idea of just identifying a purpose to feel positive about, even when you are experiencing the absolute like awfulness of what these, um, what these prisoners had to go through, 
if you've not read this book, uh, you know, it's, you're missing out. I mean, I have to say, obviously, it is a tough read, particularly the first time round. It's pretty harrowing. But if you can just pull out the the gold in it of of how we are able to, we we can choose what our thoughts are, basically. No matter how bad things are, no, no matter how bad the situation that we find ourselves in, we still have the choice to choose our thoughts. Now, I think that's the, the, the big takeaway for me on Man's Search for Meaning. Um, the next book, number five, uh, a sort of a lighter read, is um, this, this book had a massive impact on me. So this book I read on the way back from traveling around Australia with my now wife. At the time, we just got engaged um, and I picked this up at the airport just before we flew home. And it was another one where I just couldn't put it down. And this is The 4-Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. Now, I think this book should have some sort of resurgence at the moment. I really believe, and I, I probably will do more podcasts on the subject of work, because I feel work, your work, is such an important topic. Um but this this can be for many people a big shift in mindset you know on on how you can you don't have to be a sheep you don't have to live how most people live you don't have to work a 9 to 5 i think we're living a very different world now and the 4 hour work week again it's another title <clears throat> that almost devalues the content because it sounds almost too good to be true but the premise is we can live the life that we want, okay, um, far differently to how most people think, you know. And much of it is about outsourcing, and it gives you tons and tons of tips on how to outsource, um, how, to, how to think about your work differently, and, and how to use your expertise in ways that you never even thought about. So... Um, the four-hour work week, you know, this is for for anyone that wants to kind of move career. Maybe you're thinking about starting your own business. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a fantastic book. It really is. Um, number six is the War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. So this is this is just a great book. I mean, this is just the way it's written um, is absolutely beautiful. Um, but it talks about overcoming the resistance. Um, I would say it's probably for uh, more the, the, the like an artist or, or a person that is is a creative or someone that has a business or you know. And it talks all about overcoming. How do we do the work even when we procrastinate, even when we can think of a hundred and one other things to do. Okay, sometimes you just don't feel it, and that's what the war of art is. But it's just, it is one of, I probably is in my top three books of all time. Um, I've probably not done it justice there in my description of it. What did I get from the war of art? Let me think about that. I think, I think, I think the thing I got from that book was you're never going to be perfect. 
And there's going to be times when you need to put out work and it's going to have to be imperfect work. And you need to be good with that. You need to be cool with that. You need to understand that sometimes you just you can't always do your best. And that's what being human is all about. Um, you know, sometimes I will, I will get to the point where I've, I've done two, three or four takes on a solo cast podcast. And in the end, I'll just be like, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's just stop, stutter. It doesn't matter. Let's just ship the content, as Seth Godin would say. Um, so The War of Art, again, it's an easy read. It's a pretty short book, but it, it is a phenomenal read as well. Um, if you are a business owner, a leader, if you're a writer particularly, um, you'll love the book. Okay, next one's, a, next one's a cool one. So How to Eat, Move and Be Healthy. This is the first sort of health and fitness book I ever read by the man himself, Paul Check. Paul Check is, is, a, is a, just a man mountain of um, wealth. Uh, wealth <laughs> well i suppose on wealth and health he he's just he his knowledge base on health wealth and life is just beyond anything i can even comprehend quite honestly however saying that how to eat move and be healthy is really it has stood the test of time it's kind of like the book similar to uh think and grow rich it seems to be the book that many personal trainers and many people that started their journey into learning more about living a healthier life. It seems to be the book that many read for the first time. I think it was pretty groundbreaking because it's one of the first few books that was quite holistic in its approach. It wasn't just about diet or it wasn't just about fitness. It was talking about health. Um, and this is one of the reasons why I haven't included many nutrition or fitness books in my top 12 most influential because my philosophy is just focusing on nutrition or just focusing on fitness is is a mistake. Health is, is so much more complex than that. And Paul Check really breaks down um, in quite simple terms, you know, what it says in the title of the book, how to eat, move and be healthy. And, you know, many of the strategies are very, very simple um, but the education in it, and particularly on stress, is absolutely phenomenal. So, you know, if you want to learn how to eat, move and be healthy, then buy that book because, you know, you're not, you know, if you just read one book on improving your overall health and you only implement 30% of what is in that book, you're going to see probably a 50% improvement for some people. Uh, let's move on to number eight. Number eight is bounce. Won't go into too much detail on this. I think it, the um, the author's name was Matthew Syed. And this is really just a great reminder of in, the importance of putting in the work. So bounce was uh, kind of a, I think it was like a bit of an offspring to Malcolm Gladwell's um, book. What was his book? The 10,000 Hour Rule. Um I can't remember it, <laughs> but basically it's the premise of Outliers, that's the one. So Outliers was the book that Malcolm Gladwell wrote uh, about the, the concept that it takes 10,000 hours to 
to truly get close to mastery in, in any sphere, whether it be a sport or um, a business or a topic. And so it really is a, a great reminder just on the importance of putting in the reps. You know, if you're not where you want to be and you're getting a little bit kind of like impatient about it, then this book is a great reminder of, well, you know, sometimes you just got to keep putting in the reps and be more patient. And that can be really hard. Um, but it's great to know because basically so many of us, we're sort of sold the idea that many of the, the great people in the world, they they were born with certain skills and they were they were born like geniuses. And he kind of argues against the idea of genius. And actually, when you look at it, and he, he, he actually shares countless examples of where people's upbringing, um, when they started maybe uh, practicing certain sports or, you know, wh- whatever it was, actually, they started putting in the hours pretty early on. And it wasn't really due to them just being a special genius, but it was just that they did the work. Um, and I think that's quite refreshing to learn that, you know. So um, that's number eight. Let's move on to number nine. Number nine is The One Thing. Uh, this is a great book on productivity. You know, in a world of chaos, in a world where we are often distracted, The One Thing is a book that helps you really focus on what is most important. Now, what I've done is I've put number 10 um, next purposely. So the next book is very similar, which is Essentialism, okay, um, or Becoming an Essentialist. Now, both of these books kind of do the same thing in that they get you to focus. I would say the one thing is more um, practical in the sense that it gets you, it gives you a, a, a kind of blueprint for setting your goals. Whereas essentialism or becoming an essentialist um, by Greg McEwen, I believe, was the author of essentialism, um, is more about a philosophy for living your life. And so those are two slightly separate things. However, I recommend both books. I think even though they both kind of um, do the same thing, they are both fantastic books. So you've got uh, the uh, Essentialism by Greg McEwen. Uh, I'll put all of these in the show notes anyway. Um, I'm going to try and find the author. Gary Keller, that's the one. Gary Keller is the author of The One Thing. Fantastic book. Okay, last two guys and we'll wrap this up. So um, I've got a fitness book in there. Now, this may surprise you, um, but this one is actually more of a mobility fitness book and it's called Becoming a Supple Leopard. Becoming a Supple Leopard. And this is by Kelly Starrett. Okay, um, this is it's a beast of a book, but I'm a massive fan of this. I'm a massive fan of movement. I think in the modern day world we live in, we, there's never been more of an important time to focus on how we move. Um, I, I'm going to add a bonus book next to this, which is Deskbound. So he, he wrote a few books, or he has written a few books, and um, Becoming a Supple Leopard and Deskbound are my two favorite 
because they get you to think about your movement in everyday life. They get you to think about how long are you sitting down for? Are you taking regular breaks? Um, and <clears throat> also movement in general. So many people will join a gym or start a fitness program without considering do they have the mobility to actually do these exercises. And more and more I'm seeing people pick up injuries because they're never even screened for any movement to start with, which is crazy because if you're spending, you know, a lot of people will get up in the morning after laying down for eight hours to sit down and eat their breakfast, then they'll be sitting down more to go and drive to work, then they'll be sitting down in their office for maybe four or five hours. Um, and they might, they might fit in maybe half an hour or an hour's gym work in the evening or in the morning beforehand. But then they'll sit down again in the evening to watch TV or to have dinner. So they're spending like eight to 10 hours a day sitting down. And humans just weren't, we weren't designed to do that. You know, we were designed to be moving. We're designed to be hunter gatherers. And, you know, so this is the reason why so many people, even under 30, 40, are having, you know, so many different issues, you know, whether it's joint issues, back problems. And we need a society shift change for this to, to turn around. And uh, I actually have a new project that I'm going to be sharing with you soon on how I am um, planning to approach this and planning to help people approach this in the workplace. So um, keep an eye out for that. Okay, guys, right. So the last book, the most influential books on my life, <clears throat> this one is a, is a more recent one. Um, and this is by <laughs> the Man Mountain, Jocko Willick, okay, a former Navy SEAL. Um, and his this book is Extreme Ownership. Extreme Ownership. So this this was a great... I, I listened to this on Audible. And I'd highly recommend the Audible version because they do like sound effects. And he's just... He's, even just his voice. Jocko's voice is so like... You want to listen when he listens. <laughs> so it's very easy to listen to. Um, and I think ultimately... A lot of people need someone like Jocko in their life. They need someone to kind of like harden us up a little bit, you know, get to get to grips with things and get on with things. And, you know, um, and extreme ownership, <clears throat> the concept itself make, makes complete sense to me. One of the things that I've been working on in recent years is is being a better leader. And, you know, if, if you want to become a better leader, whether it's in your own life, whether it's in your business, whether it's as a parent, then adopting the extreme ownership principle is one of the best things you can do. It basically says, you know, when there's a problem, you know, often we need to take ownership of it. We need to stop passing the buck, stop passing off the blame and take ownership of the issue. You know, you're gaining weight. Okay, let's take ownership of that. What, what, what am I eating? Why, you know, let's change what I'm eating. You, you've lost your fitness, okay, let's stop blaming our time or I haven't got enough time or it's too hard, let's, let's sort this out, let's, let's get on with it. And I do feel like we need a little bit more of this in society. You know, in the last decade, it's kind of been more and more, 
you know, we've got to be kind to ourselves and we're not going to be so hard on ourselves. But I, I feel like we've gone a little bit too far that way and we've misunderstood that we need to take personal responsibility for our actions and behaviours. And extreme ownership talks, Jocko talks about um, the lessons um, that he learned from being on the front line and, and, and leading the Navy SEALs. And, you know, he, he talks about some, some really sort of tough, tough times of, of men that they left, um, that they lost in battle. And he talks a lot about some of the mistakes that were made. And he talks about how he was, he had to take ownership, you know, while, whilst many of his men felt that it was their um, fault that other men lost, lost their lives, um, he ultimately took ownership because he was the one that was in charge. And it's a, it's a hard lesson to grasp because, you know, we don't like to admit defeat many people, <laughs> including myself, you know, but sometimes we just, that, that is, that's how you become a stronger character is by admitting defeat, taking ownership of the problem and moving forward. And that is one of the, one of the best ways to develop yourself and, and, and grow as a person, I believe. So there you go. Uh, you know, there's my, my top 12. I'm going to go through them quickly again. So you've got Think and Grow Rich. We've got seven habits of highly effective people. We've got Seneca, the shortness of life. We've got man search for meaning, Viktor Frankl. We've got the four-hour work week, Tim Ferriss. The war of art, Stephen Pressfield. How to eat, move, and be healthy by Paul Check. We've got bounce by Matt Syed. We've got the one thing by Gary Keller. Essentialism by Greg McEwen. Becoming a supple leopard or desk bound. Okay, I put them in the same category, and that's Kelly Starrett, and then Extreme Ownership by um, Jocko Willick. <laughs> Nearly forgot his name then. So, um, you know, pick pick the one that you feel kind of resonated, and um, and give it a go, and let me know, let me know how you get on, let me know what your lessons you learn. But if there's one thing you take from this episode, is start making notes like if you're going to start your personal development journey even maybe buy a little personal development notebook you know you write down the name of the book that you're reading every time there's a little bit of gold in there that you feel like you can plug into your life just make some notes and and create like a little folder and review it maybe once a month or once a quarter and you'd be surprised you know, just on taking that journey, uh, how much of an impact it will have on your life. So um, I'm going to clock off now, but um, um, thanks for tuning in this week and I'll catch you soon. Take care, guys. Thanks again for listening in to this episode. And if you would do me a massive favor, I would really appreciate it if you could head on over to iTunes and 
just share a couple of lines on why you enjoy listening to these episodes because by giving us some awesome reviews on iTunes that will mean that we can continue to make this podcast work and continue to make the content as great as possible so if you could do that it would mean the world to me go do it now take care